It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins, your daily Washington Redskins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, every day, every day. We welcome you to another edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast and... Another misery Monday as the Washington Redskins lose 37 to 27 to the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday afternoon at FedEx Field. Now, it wasn't all misery. Ultimately, if you wanted the home team to win, if you wanted the Redskins to get a division win, if you wanted some good things paired with a W, if you wanted a victory Monday, you did not get it. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us right here on LOR. Hope you guys had a great weekend. You can follow me on Twitter at Russellmania621, Russellmania621. You can follow the podcast at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. As well, you can read me, si.com slash NFL slash Redskins, si.com slash NFL Slash Redskins. So the Eagles beat the Washington Redskins 37 to 27 at FedEx Field on Sunday afternoon. Let's go through the numbers and then we'll get to some other things and some other items of interest before we let you on out of here. Let's start with Dwayne Haskins, starting quarterback for the Washington Redskins. By far his best game as a pro. I think we all know he struggled miserably with completion percentage and accuracy. Uh, I thought it was more touch than accuracy, whatever that means. Um, yeah, I kind of split it up a little bit. Um, I didn't think he was like crazy wild, more touch, like overthrowing guys or just zipping it uh, too hard. Uh, that that can all reasonably be discussed and debated. But Dwayne Haskins was pretty darn good on Sunday. 19 of 28, 261 yards, career high. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 121-3 rating. Yeah, that Dwayne Haskins. You got it. That Dwayne Haskins. 19 completions for nine incompletions and only one sack? Holy cow. What happened? Well, let's start with this. Number one, the Eagles' defense is not as fearful as as it used to be, or fearsome, I should say, as it used to be, right? That's to take nothing away from Haskins. But if we're being honest, if we're being honest, which we should be, the Eagles' defense, again, good or pretty good, depending on the day, not great, not great. So let's start there and let's be honest with each other, right? If you look at the Eagles' starting defense just in this game, and again, it's week 15 of the NFL season, so not everybody is going to have everybody. Vinnie Curry, Timmy Jernigan, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, all good. That was their basically their starting defensive line and their planned defensive line. Avante Maddox, Nigel Brandom, 
Bradham. Uh, somebody named N. Jerry. I don't even know who that is. Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. Darby's good. I mean, they have a lot of their pieces still left. It's not like they're a shell of themselves, but to say that they've been great this year, I think would be a, a big time exaggeration. They're, they're fine. They're good. They're not great. So I think when you factor in that you have a fairly good defense, I think when you factor in that you have a quarterback that is getting more comfortable and an offensive coordinator, don't forget, Kevin O'Connell, play caller, has not called plays before, getting more into a rhythm. I think when you have those three things combined, and when you have the amount of starts now that Dwayne Haskins has in the weeks of practice built one on top of the other, I think it leads to this success if you have the arrow pointing in the right direction and if you have talent to begin with. We all know Dwayne Haskins has talent. The question was is whether he'd be able to put it all together. The question was is what was he struggling with and why was he so off why was he showing progress in certain areas but not in others i think today or sunday we finally saw a lot of it come together now listen that does not mean that dwayne haskins played a great game i think he played a good game a good game if he played a great game the redskins would have been able to get a Pass a, a touchdown pass or some point instead of a couple of Dustin Hopkins field goals, 53 and 43, in the fourth quarter. Now, those were short scoring drives. Again, they did not move the football very well on those particular drives. So that's a problem. That's where we're talking about Haskins not playing great. But on Adrian Peterson's 10-yard touchdown run at the start of the fourth quarter, Haskins made a couple of big throws on that series, including one to Terry McLaurin on a on a slant. Had the big run off right end that everybody's buzzing about, and correctly so. It was kind of a mixed bag in the second half. I wouldn't say, obviously, anything bad, just maybe not enough. But in the first half... And especially in the second quarter, Dwayne Haskins was terrific. 75-yard touchdown pass, one play, 75 yards, 12 seconds, bam. Perfectly led Terry McLaurin into the hole. He runs away from one corner, runs away from a safety, and boom, off to the races. A five-yard touchdown pass to Steven Sims. Well done on third down. Seven plays, 75 yards on the drive. The Redskins mixed it up a little bit more, run pass on first down. Certainly that is going to be a theme all week long. People are going to say, see, 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 I told you. If they just pass more on first down, then they'll have more success. And my argument always was, and I think the numbers would bear me out, bear this out, before Sunday, the Redskins were awful passing the football on first down. They were awful. They weren't good. Took too many sacks. Way too inefficient. They just weren't good. And people are going to beat the drum that they were so much better in this game, and that's because they called more pass plays. Incorrect. 
I mean, certainly they called more pass plays. Uh, granted, but the reason why they had to call so many run plays on first down throughout the last couple of games, and especially the first couple of games that Haskins played, was because of the defenses that they were up against and because he stunk as a passer. And the pass offense was dreadful. Gave up too many sacks, too many penalties. That's been somewhat corrected. That's why. That's why. Dwayne Haskins with his best day as a pro. Again, not perfect, not great, but... Adrian Peterson, 16 carries, 66 yards, and a touchdown. A long of 14, averaged 4.1 on the ground. His touchdown tied him with Walter Payton for the fourth most rushing touchdowns in the game. So congratulations, uh, AP, in the game's history, I should say. Terry McLaurin, five targets, five catches, 130 yards, and, of course, the 75-yard touchdown. How about Steven Sims? 11 targets. But only five catches. Had a drop. Haskins missed him a couple of times. But it's very clear that they are trying to take advantage of his speed. And they like the matchup inside. Five catches, 45 yards, long of 19, and a touchdown that we mentioned. Adrian Peterson contributed three catches on three targets for 25 yards. Chris Thompson, two catches, three targets, 26 yards. Kelvin Harmon, somewhat quiet today. Three targets, two catches, 22 yards. Jeremy Sprinkle, two catches, two targets, 13 total yards. You get the picture. So the Redskins spread it around pretty good um, in terms of their passing offense. In terms of their kick return game, Sims had three kick returns for 89 yards, averaging almost 30 yards per carry with a long of 41 or 30 yards per attempt, I should say. Uh, just two for eight on the punt return, so that's got to improve. Uh, but he's still getting used to that. When we come back, I'll give you the defensive numbers, plus tell you what the Eagles did right in this football game as they win 37-27. to This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days that you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, fellas. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. They're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from a little more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed physicians, so you don't have to go to the doctor's office or wait in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, this is the Locked On Redskins podcast. Good to have you with us. So the Redskins lose 37-27 to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Listen, the final seven points, or the final, I, I should say, let me let me back that up. Yeah, the final six points, six points, uh, were scored on a Nigel Bradham 47-yard fumble return on the last play of the game. Redskins going for a Hail Mary fumble. Look, got it. It, it counts. You, you can't take that away. It is still a play, and they could have, the Redskins tied it. You know, the, the, I mean, they could have won the game. So, I mean, you can't take it away. But ultimately... The Redskins lose by four points, ultimately. Um, however, the final score, 37-27. to 27. Uh, Let's get you some defensive numbers here from the Redskins on an individual basis. Uh, let's start you off with Danny Johnson back in the lineup for the first time. Ten total tackles and a pass defense. Good to see that. Because the Redskins certainly need help uh, at corner, although you probably don't want your corners necessarily having the lead in tackles. How about Jonathan Allen? Nine combined tackles, including two for lost and a fumble recovery. Ryan Anderson, a total of five tackles, two sacks, and two quarterback hits, and three, three forced fumbles. How about that, huh? Three. That's incredible. Ryan Anderson continues to show... Some big-time signs of life here down the stretch. I thought he had a pretty decent year last year. Not great, but a pretty decent year. Above average, where most people were completely down on him. And now you'll probably see just the reverse of that going into this offseason. Monte Nicholson, five tackles. A stupid personal foul. I mean, I've had my say on Monte Nicholson. I don't think he operates with a whole lot of common sense, which kind of makes him a perfect fit for a certain organization, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Nate Orchard, five tackles. Landon Collins, five tackles and a quarterback hit. Fabian Moreau, five tackles and a pass defensed. John Bostic, five tackles. Montez Sweat, three tackles. Sean Dion Hamilton, two. Jimmy Moreland got banged up. Was in a walking boot after the game, so we'll have to see what his status is for the Giants next week. Jimmy Moreland, just one tackle and one pass defended. Uh, but that was a big one on a post in the end zone that broke up a touchdown or helped break up a touchdown. How about Matt Ioannidis? Normally so active, so uh, good. N- not today. Just one tackle and one quarterback hit. But that's okay. Everybody's down for a tough game every now and then. All right. So let's do this. The team statistics look like this. In terms of first downs, the Eagles dominated 27 to 19 over the Redskins. Third down was again a consistent problem for the Washington Redskins, not only on offense, but on defense. On offense, they weren't terrible. They were 4 of 10, 40%. That's better than they normally are. On defense, 11 of 16. The Eagles converted 11 out of 16 third downs, good for 69%. Yeah, that's not good under any stretch of the imagination. 
hard to win football games when you allow that. Neither team attempted or converted a fourth down. The Eagles, 415 total net yards, 362 for the Washington Redskins. The Eagles ran 73 offensive plays to 51 for the Redskins. Uh, That's what happens when you convert on third down to the tune of almost 70%. That's what happens. 5.7 average per offensive play. Of course, the Redskins had a higher average because of the 75-yard touchdown, but theirs was 7.1. 157 net yards of rushing for the Philadelphia Eagles. 101 for the Redskins. The Redskins' run defense has just been atrocious this year. Just has not been good. Again, uh, I, I don't know why. Um, they don't seem to miss as many tackles as they did last year. They have good players. I mean, they're they're obviously thin, young, whatever, at linebacker. But they invested in their safety position and Landon Collins. He was supposed to help them out big time. He's made a lot of tackles, but uh, the Redskins' run defense has been atrocious all year. That's all there is to it. The net yards passing, pretty close. 261 for the Redskins, 258 for the Eagles. The Eagles threw 43 times, completing 30 passes. The Redskins, 28 times, completing 19 passes. Meanwhile, net punting average, exactly the same, 44.0 per team. Penalties, 7 for 54 for the Eagles, 5 for 60. For the Washington Redskins. Red zone efficiency. The Redskins, they've been better there, two of two, on Sunday. Obviously 100%, but the real problem was the Eagles got there five times and converted them for four touchdowns. A clip of 80% were three of four in goal-to-goal situations. 36-57, the time of possession for the Philadelphia Eagles. 23-03 for the Washington Redskins. I mean, you just can't win when you ask your defense to play that much. Uh, that's a problem. Now, when you're saying ask your defense, I mean, they're obviously responsible for a good part of that. The third down conversion rate, uh, just way too much. You can't win in this league when you're on the field for 36-plus minutes. Almost 37. All right. That's a look at inside the numbers. A couple of things that I wanted to get to before we run out of time. Listen, this Redskins team is clearly short on talent, clearly short on depth. Clearly, they are not a good football team. They are now 3-11, and right? Understandably, there's frustration. Understandably, there was many more Eagle fans than Redskins fans in attendance. Uh, but the one thing you say about the Washington Redskins is they haven't given up. Bill Callahan said that in his postgame presser right after the game is, you know, and it may sound cliche and it may sound like something that fans are not going to want to hear, but, you know, it's easy for people to give up and not care and not play hard. I mean, think about it, you as a fan. Now, in many cases, it's more than just this year. It's been a lifetime of frustration and anger and giving up and trying to support and being let down and all that stuff. So I get it more from a fan's perspective because players just care largely about the here and the now and their paycheck. But 
you got to give credit to Bill Callahan and his coaching staff. They play hard. They played hard. They played hard in every game, I think. They've been around in every game. Outside of the Jets game, that was a disaster. That was weird. But every other game, they've been right there, including on Sunday. It's not good enough. You know, when Bill Callahan, or I should say, when um, when Bruce Allen said a couple of weeks ago, hey, look, the culture's pretty damn good. You know, we show up, we come to work, we want to win. Well, that that's great. You should do all that, but it's not good enough. It's the same thing with the Redskins. You should play hard. You should give an effort. You should try. You should care. But it's also not good enough. You have to execute a lot better. And the Redskins need more talent and more depth. Obviously, they're stressed with injuries. The injuries are not as bad as they have been the last two years. But still, they're dealing with some injuries. And clearly, not having any Trent Williams, not having any Jordan Reed, you know, all year long, three quarterbacks, no Darius Geis for, you know, three quarters of the year. Uh, We can go right on down the list. Brandon Sheriff's missed a couple of games. The bottom line is this. The Redskins don't have enough, but at least one thing you can say is they're fighting their asses off. That's the one thing you can say about the Washington Redskins. All right, we'll wrap it up next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us on this uh, Misery Monday. want to tell you guys about our friends at Casper. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and mounts. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash locked NFL and using locked NFL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at Locked On Podcasts. Dot com slash offers. We wrap it up next right here on LOR. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're back right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Again, at Locked Redskins is how you can follow the podcast. You can read me. Sports Illustrated uh, or SI.com, Redskins Maven, SI.com slash NFL slash Redskins. Listen to me on 1067 The Fan, radio.com app, worldwide from any phone, anywhere. Um, so, one thing I wanted to bring up 63,246 the attendance at FedEx Field on Sunday. Uh, you know, clearly, I mean, that's 12,000 at least short of a sellout. And I wasn't at the game. Obviously, you watch the game, you hear, you hear the crowd. I mean, you would have to say it was probably at least 50-50, if not much more towards the Eagles. Again, this should not be surprising. This is 
continuing to be an embarrassment uh, to a once proud franchise, the fan base is never coming back if they don't move on from Bruce Allen, ever. And, you know, Dan Snyder is one thing I think most fans understand. There's nothing that anybody could do about him, right? I mean, there's nothing anybody can do about Dan Snyder's ownership. With the exception of if he makes such a colossal mistake, which, again, possible, unlikely. But you can do something about Bruce Allen. You can do something about Bruce Allen. You need to let him go. The fans are never coming back. The other thing that we'll wrap up with, and so far it's being dismissed and and thrown under the rug and all of that stuff, is former Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer was in attendance. Now, Terry McLaurin told reporters after the game that he was a guest of Terry McLaurin's, uh, that Urban Meyer was at the Army-Navy game on Saturday in Philadelphia, called up McLaurin Saturday night, said, hey, I'd like to come down, family, this, that, and the other thing. But ironically, he sits in Dan Snyder's suite with Alex Smith, who he used to have as quarterback at Utah back before Urban Meyer went to Florida and back before Urban Meyer went to Ohio State. Of course, at Ohio State, he had Terry McLaurin and Dwayne Haskins. Now, listen, it could be completely innocent and totally just pure happenstance that Urban Meyer happened to be in D.C., that Urban Meyer happened to be at a Redskins game when the Redskins are looking for a head coach, when his quarterback at Ohio State and his receiver are the two top and most important pieces on offense for the Redskins, and Urban Meyer's been connected to both the Cowboys and the Redskins and wanting to come back to coaching. We know he's not going back to USC. He's not going and taking any other college job. I can't see that at this point, barring some weird circumstance. I mean, obviously, it makes a lot of sense. I'm sure the Cowboys absolutely would like to consider him, but they haven't fired their coach yet officially, and they had a big win over the Rams. The bottom line is this. Everyone is running around saying, no, 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 this is just purely speculation. This is no big deal. Listen, if you're Dan Snyder, how in the world do you have Urban Meyer in your private luxury box with Alex Smith there and say, hey, listen, you know, we'd like to talk to you. Can we schedule a meeting? It doesn't have to be on this visit. I mean, Urban Meyer can come back shortly. Dan can go send his private plane, right? doesn't have to be any time like today. It can be Wednesday. It could be Friday. It could be whatever. We still have time here. So, I, you know, call me crazy. I don't think Urban Meyer is going to take the job because a lot would have to happen and be right. But call me crazy to think that Urban Meyer's in attendance, and if you're Dan Snyder, you don't realize the chance, the opportunity to at least bend his ear a little bit and say, hey, I'd love to talk to you if you're interested. Now, maybe Urban Meyer said, nope, I'm not interested at all. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And maybe that's the end of it. But maybe he said, eh, you know what, let me think about it. You know, let me think about it. Maybe he said, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. And something is scheduled or is going to be scheduled. We will find out. All right, thanks for being with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Adios. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason – 
Look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.